computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, a couple of months ago, we looked forward to the end of the season. We had a title of the episode called Play Inbound. And somehow this team fell so much further than even you or I thought with a low, you know, low expectation from us. We weren't exactly saying like coming out like hot, like Shaq saying they'll beat Phoenix if they get that play in spot. Um, I feel like we've been pretty realistic and practical about this team all season. And yet they, their bottom fell out faster and harder than either of us expected. Is there anything, I guess, that, that comes to mind in terms of what, like, what, why, why? Really? Seriously? Why? How? I have many questions. Answer however you see fit. Right? It's, we keep getting these little glimmers of hope and we're like, ah, you know, they, this team should be able to do this. Yeah, we'll be able to beat the Pelicans. We'll be able to beat maybe the Clippers. Like, They've shown us these little glimpses and then give us that little hope just to like snuff it right back out. And we see that in games. We see that week to week. We see like, I don't know, hanging tough with the jazz for a bit and then fall behind and then have this run early fourth quarter and then, you know, check Russ right back in and the jazz go on like a nine, one run to like effectively end the game. Um, Just like little things like that or like, against the Pelicans, you know, back against the wall, need to win this game. Lakers run a playoff rotation. They run like eight guys. And then Gabriel got like five, four minutes, I think. And among the eight guys that they picked, Austin Reeves wasn't one of them. They played Dwight Howard a bunch and played him with LeBron and AD, which... Uh, Wait, but Tim, they played, I have Avery to say Bradley Frank started Vogel's after logic not here. playing. They well, pulled the Frank Vogel playbook back it's... out. You have Jonas Valanciunas, uh-huh. so you have to play Dwight Howard. You have Brandon Ingram, so you have to play Stanley Johnson. And then you have CJ McCollum, so you have to play Avery Bradley. And by then, oh, that's up. I'm out. I get AD and LeBron. That's it. Those are my five. That's his philosophy as far as uh, putting these rotations together. Oh, Jonas Valanciunas is out there. There's no chance we can run him off in a smaller ball lineup and make do what we do better than what do they do what they do there's mm-hmm. none of that sorry to interrupt i just had to say that quote from frank vogel really peeved me last night no you're right and and it's like some of the things that i saw just like looking through like popcorn machine and then looking at the lineups i'm like why why would they do this like are they trying to lose like what is happening here but it's truly like this is this is there's logic behind it and this is really what they feel they need to do and i think we've found over the course of the season, the specific things that are important to Frank that he refuses to be beaten by, even if it's a small thing that's not going to lose you the game and the ways in which you're like presenting, preventing yourself from being hurt that way, like ultimately are very detrimental to the team. Like, yes, I understand that playing Dwight will help in that specific, very small matchup, but you have to be able to like connect that big picture and understand how that move impacts everything else you're doing. It like it, there's, I don't get it. I'm, I don't know that I'm super interested in trying to get it anymore at this point. Cause this is going to be over soon and we're going to be excited and have a fresh coaching staff and a bunch of player change. And like so much is going to change with this group soon that I don't even know if I'm looking to like learn lessons at this point, but I'm just fed up and aggravated and they continue to find new ways to disappoint. At some point, I think, you know, for, to put the final kind of coda on this season, we'll, we'll assess the blame. Everyone's been doing it basically since like November, December. Mm-hmm. I do think Frank Vogel was in some part set up to fail with his coaching style and what he was given. However, he's not done himself any favors 
Um, when we did feel like there was some life to this team, it was kind of around that area where Austin Reeves started to start, right? Mm-hmm. They rotated a lot. You know, they didn't weren't able to build a lot of continuity around him in that starting lineup. There was still a lot of moving pieces. And obviously with LeBron out, um, but to not for that guy to not get a minute in a game in an absolute must win game, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I understand it's the second night of a back-to-back. This guy's a rookie. He's, you know, he's, he's a young guy. It's not like he's played 48 minutes the night before and, and you know, took 50 shots. What the f- actual fuck, Tim? 16 minutes. Less than 17 minutes he played the first game. So it it probably, I mean, I don't know, but it probably wasn't a fatigue thing like Austin needs a day off. So I don't I don't get it. Like the things you're excited about where we thought that they found something were Monk and Reeves and LeBron or Gabriel giving them some interesting minutes or like just these these combos, Augustine adding some spacing, even if the defense is rough, like the spacing can help you out. And and we see combos of players or individual players just not like the team's not seeing those things. So they're not pursuing those things. And what has worked, they go away from. And yeah. It's it's so frustrating. It's it's ridiculous, Tom. I'm so aggravated by it. It's- I know. <clears throat> so okay, let's do this really quick. I because I want to get this out of the way. Because I genuinely have been going back and forth on this. Uh, what is your like one to ten? Palinka should be fired. Rating ten being fired, one being keep. And what do you think will actually happen? I don't think he'll get fired. I don't if, either, but I'm not completely ruling it out because of how big a disaster this season was. Sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's a lot that I don't like about the decisions that have been made about the roster trades. They've pursued some things that are smart. They've pursued some things that aren't smart. They've turned down good things. They've turned down bad things. Like there's, a, you know, he's done a lot. We have a larger sample and Unfortunately, only a certain percentage of it like actually gets the transaction actually happens. So there's less to grade him on if you're just going off of like a transaction sheet. But the thought process and the decision making, I'm not a big fan of. And I think moving forward, whoever replaces Frank Vogel and his coaching staff, hopefully he's a really good coach, will still likely have issues. They're going to have holes. When Vogel came in, we knew there were certain things he wasn't good at. And that wasn't addressed. There was no finding ways to help supplement and and getting his buy-in to, to make that happen. And I don't feel confident that if we bring in a great coach that really struggles at like beating switches or is, I don't know, there's certain things that maybe they're just like not good at. I don't think the front office will identify it or give them the help they need. If they're a great offensive coach with, they need some defensive help. I don't think the front office is going to try to help them with that. I think, the and, and and I think there's a fine line between like IDing those strengths and weaknesses and helping work with the coach to bolster the weaknesses mm-hmm. and the type of stuff that Lakers front office was doing where they were like we want Kurt Rambis on your staff and and in both scenarios you're kind of meddling with who's on the coaching staff or how you're getting that help and you're 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 impeding a little bit on that job but in two very different ways and to two very different like proposed outcomes. So I don't feel confident that like whoever we get next from a coaching staff standpoint, they're probably not going to learn and grow or be helped in a way that I would hope to see. So that's concerning to me that the things Vogel's doing, or I'm sorry, uh, Plink is doing behind the scenes, working with the media, all the different stories that, that some are public, some aren't public. I don't know. I'm done. I don't, if he were to leave, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to get a job of, anywhere comparable to what he's doing right now. Right. Would you agree with that? No, of course not. Vogel, if he, when he's gone, he's going to be able to be like a lead assistant or a great defensive coordinator. He has his limitations. He's, you know, he's, if you're a switch, like if you're the Clippers, you're not going to hire him to go, you know, run your defensive switch scheme. But there are a, a number of teams where he'd be a really good fit and he'll succeed. And hopefully we'll be around a staff of other people that, you know, are strong in areas that he's not as knowledgeable in. But I don't know. I would love to see change at, at higher levels. So I, I don't know that we're going to get to that. 
I, I agree. The issue is, though, right, is like what you just said is, wh OK, what's the percentage that vote uh, that uh, Palenka gets fired? And then after that, what's the percentage that a Rambus replaces him? Mm. If it's not zero, I don't <laughs> want it. Yeah, because like small for the first one, high chance for the second one. Yes. Like that. And, and that is what really that's the path. And this brings me to my overall thought of how is the Lakers upper management internally learning from their mistakes? What are they pegging? Are they learning from mistakes? Are they chalking it up to injuries? What? And this is what concerns me going into the summer is, you know, identifying those mistakes and not only actively working to not make those mistakes again, but proactively fitting pieces together in a more cohesive way, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not exactly what I would say this front office is built to do. And I'm not just talking about Palenka. I'm talking about Jeannie. I'm talking about Linda. I'm talking about the people, you know, who are in Jeannie's ear, the governor, you know, the consultants, whatever. People yeah, who she trusts. Trust. Yes, so what's like, I don't have confidence that the right lessons will be learned from the mistakes that have been made. Mm -hmm. And then. And that comes talk, from somewhere. Yeah. That comes from a pattern of behavior that comes right. from us seeing and, and An we dislike these people. We want them to succeed. We would love for them yes. to learn from those mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. We yes. would love for them to learn from them. And we're just pointing back to like, hey, in the past, they're, they're deflecting their self you know, trying to pre preserve their, their positions of power yes. and putting fingers at others. It doesn't, this isn't, you know, there's no, we can look at the, the tape and say, oh, you know what? In the past, they learned from these mistakes and here's how they pivoted in this scenario. Here's how we'd apply that prior knowledge to expect what will happen in the future. The prior knowledge we have is not great. So when we're conveying these sentiments, it's not because we don't like the people or we want them to fail. It's because that's probably the most realistic outcome at this point, given what they've right. done in the past. Um, now we've been a little, I, at least I have been a little critical about the lack of continuity from a roster construction side of things. Um, now there's one thing to say, if you want to fix that mistake, are you going to roll back in the next season with a more or less same version of a bad team? Or, you know, if Rob keeps his job this summer, we get, if we find a new coach, is there value in bringing back, you know, a handful of these guys? I'm not just talking about the guys who are already coming back, like your Stanley Johnsons, your Austin Reeves, but Monk and Carmelo and, you know, Dwight. It, it's not there. Like the strength, the positivity of the continuity is gone. And so they're, even if they did learn that lesson, they cannot build upon a, a foundation of like, this team has just got to go right. Like top yeah. to bottom, more or less. Continuity to me is more something you can point at than really something you should like drive decision-making by like changes were made and they were bad changes. If changes were made and they were good changes, you know, throw continuity out the window. I want the better team. They, they made changes and got bad guys, um, like worse basketball players. And that's really the issue. It's not that they changed. I mean, and, and if they had stayed with what they had last year, I am not convinced that roster would have won a title perhaps, but it would have been better than this group. And it's not Certainly. because they knew each other for a year longer. It's because they were better basketball players. Right. So it's, I don't know, it's part of the discussion, but to your point, I would much rather see more change and hope that we get better players than just say, you know what, these guys aren't very good, but maybe if they're not very good for, you know, uh, one more year together, they'll be better at, at what they do. I don't, that's not the answer to me. You're going to bring a new coach in. You're going to have to change a lot of these roster spots. Like find the guys you want to pick that are good, keep them. And then, you know, reshuffle your, your deck of cards with the rest. And obviously we'll talk more specifics in terms of, you know, different moves, the ways they can clear Russell Westbrook's contracts. Well, you know, different strategies as far as retooling this, uh, this team over the summer. Um, 
I guess this is, you know, we, we hopped on before the, the pod started and it's like, is this it? Is this the, the eulogy? Is this, you know, our, which one of us is going to give the, the speech at the wake? Um, do, do you want this one or should I, should I just go off for a minute? Because Tim, I'm not kidding. Okay. I guess I'll just do it. You do it. You do it. All right. And none of this, <laughs> I, I have none of this pre-planned. Yeah, this isn't planned. This is, I don't know if I'm endorsing it yet or not. We'll see what Tom says. <laughs> don't stop consulting with me if you currently do. 2022. <laughs> like what Tom's about to say. <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers started with a dream and a hope. The hope that Russell Westbrook could be a third star to lift and raise the tide of uh, surrounding role players if and when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are sidelines, which ended up happening quite a bit. That did not happen. And it was pretty clear early on that did not happen. And Mm -hmm. they traded away several championship role players who played significant like roles on that 2020 team for someone who is not a also not doing what you got them to do. Tim, I was so pissed off watching Russell Westbrook play against the jazz. He's hacking Rudy Gobert. He's holding him just playing like an asshole is what I tweeted. And people are like, he's got 18 points and 50% shooting and seven assists. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't care about the you stats. don't know ball it's, <laughs> Tom knows ball i i get like i'm not trying to go like don't don't analytics me right now but if you think those 18 points in that context of that game were helpful or beneficial this man and look he made some comments about like i don't care what this crowd has to say i don't pay attention to this crowd last night hmm. he's very much a respect person He's always been this way, right? When you come into the fold expecting to be a third banana, there's already a a respect level that's not lining up with where you see yourself. So if you, Tim, are in a position at your job where you effectively go to a sister company, let's say, so same mm-hmm. umbrella, sister company for a demotion, same money, but you go to a bigger team with less responsibility and you think you don't have to do whatever needs to be done to help the team. You're just going to do what you do. You're not a team member. I'm taking on, I want all the big projects. I'm half-assing all of the like smaller things that everybody on the team has to do for yes. the group to be successful. The paperwork. The all you know, dotting the stuff. T's, the dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Total jerk about it. Sending stuff to people at the end of the day and telling them I need it at the very beginning of the day tomorrow, when I didn't need to wait that long to send it to them. Like being being a, a just a not fun person to work with. And HR comes to you. You have a little mediation session with, you know, fucking Bill Orem. They're like, hey, you know, how do you feel about uh, this season or, you know, this, this, how does it feel to play in LA at the crypto.com arena? It's like, you know, whatever. I don't really pay attention. Who cares? That any time you have this kind of selfishness, I guess, for lack of a better word, or unwillingness to change, it is a culture killer, man. And I don't care if you have LeBron James on your team. And, you know, I think we're all a little bit uh, like uh, foolish to think Russ could change at least in a, if not basket, a personality sense, at least a basketball sense. Mm-hmm. He can't change. He's not the kind of player who is built to change into their later years. And I wonder if, you know, it was always going to be like this. Well, I I think it was. And it was us who kind of projected this fantasy uh, projection season for this team. When in reality, you know, I think their ceiling might be 40 wins. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think we learned a lot about Russ this year, about his mindset, about his work ethic and how that materializes. And we heard a lot of BS stories yeah. at the beginning of the year in the preseason about how this is he's going to really drive LeBron forward. He's going to push these guys. He's going to like all these things that were like somewhat Kobe-esque tried to apply towards this guy. And we're not seeing any of that. The stuff he's doing on the court doesn't reflect hard work. The media sessions doesn't reflect a mindset. And uh, and what we hear about him working behind the scenes doesn't reflect a mindset or a work ethic that matches that persona that was crafted for him. And we've seen when he's playing well and he's putting up all the points and the rebounds and assists in previous years, like, you know, people liked him. He played well. He's not playing well. And he doesn't appear to recognize that in the mindset of like, I need to just keep being me. I need to keep doing what I'm doing. I shouldn't listen to anyone else. I know I'm right. Um, It's, I don't know. It's, it speaks a lot to, to how he fits in and what his, the rest of his career is going to look like unless he suddenly gets more athletic again and starts hitting his jump shots better. Like it's, it's such a weird force to have in a locker room and on the court and have to manage as a coaching staff that I don't know. It, it hasn't been fun. I don't know that we'll hear from the players as to if it's been fun to be around once this is all over a couple of years from now, but it's hasn't been, I don't know. It's not someone you really want to root for almost like separate yourself from me yeah. and Lakers fan and needing these guys, wanting these guys to succeed. Yeah. It's not a likable character and it's, it, you know, we we know how this is going to end. We know how this is going to move forward where, wherever yeah. next stop he ends up at. And, you know, it's, I don't know, man. I, I, there's so much like it, we're, we're given Russ the, the, the brutal hard truth right now. Is this our perception? We don't know this man, but he does put himself out there as this character that we've been talking about. And <clears throat> I, pride myself on understanding everyone as best I can to really truly deeply put myself in their shoes, whether I agree with them or not. And, you know, Russ is learning some hard truths about where he is now versus where he used to be this season. (laughs) And through adversity, I truly believe people show you who they really are. When the chips are down, things look bad, people's character shines through. You know, you can be a positive ray of hope, even though everyone knows you're kind of just there to say those things, either you believe it or not, but it's genuine. You believe it until that last moment. Right. Hmm. Russ doesn't seem to have that accountability. You see him in these press conferences and someone asks him like, you know, what's, so if you, how's it feel like to just drop up out of the playing tournament? Is the season over? It's like, no, no, Russ, the season's not over. I'm asking you as of right now, how does it feel to drop out of the playing tournament? Well, season's not over. We're not out of the plan. Like, dude, you know what I'm asking you in good faith. You're showing me that your awareness, your self-awareness, you're building a, like a, I'm sorry, I'm going off the rails here. You're you're building this narrative, this reality that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And that's the accountability. It's always someone else's fault. If I heard one fucking press conference where Russell Westbrook said this one's on me and I play like shit and I pray honestly he probably does have that but it it doesn't feel like he means it I guess I'm sorry I'm gonna step off the soapbox now no, this is just like, it's a great point though like the combativeness that once you like hearing about it is one thing like go watch the videos and like watch how yeah. nasty it he's treating other people who yes. are asking him like good faith questions and it's we're doing like, their hey, job, you know, yeah, they're doing their job. 
I and I think the LA media can certainly be harder on these guys. They could be harder on the coaching staff. They could be harder on the players. But but they mix in some of those tougher questions of like you know what's going through your mind. How does this feel? What were you thinking in that moment? It's a lot of asking the players to open up a bit and, and share some humanity or you know give us some insight into their thought process. And he's just batted those questions away left and right this year. If if they're in any way negative or if he needs to admit things aren't going well. And that along with the apparent belief that we should view him based on his past accomplishments rather than what he's doing now and who he is now and what right. he is as a player right now. It really rubs me the wrong way. It's something yeah. that all throughout my career, no, no, no matter what realm it's in, like I don't care what you used to be. <laughs> like if, if I'm counting on you now, I need, I need to know like, for what you're able to give to me right now. That's what matters. Like when you're looking at evaluating NBA players, I'm not going to go sign Ray Allen and, and, and like Tim Duncan. They used to be really good. <laughs> they're not really good right now because they're older. And, and like, I don't know. It's just, that's such a weird thing to really hold firmly on and I don't know, convey this lack of understanding about and, yeah. and just talk about how disrespectful everybody's being towards you when you haven't had a good season and there is disrespect in there and there is name calling in there. And like, there are certainly people who there's a spectrum of how fans treat players and how unhappy fans treat players. And it's not fun to be on the receiving end of that. No, no matter what it is, no matter if I have a bad tweet, (laughs) he has a bad game. We say something stupid in a podcast. You have a bad day at work. Like, you're going to receive negative criticism at some point, but it's how you handle it and how you move forward from that. That can tell us a lot about you. It's, I mean, it's pretty simple at the end of the day, when you treat the rest of the world, like they're your enemy, it feels like everyone's out to get you. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a large contingent of NBA fans who don't like Russ, probably never liked Russ, and are reveling in his failure and and the Lakers in general because they don't like the Lakers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the large portion of con- contingent of Lakers fans who are upset at Russ for what he probably presumes is not doing enough, even though he feels like he's doing all he can. And so there's a disconnect where either like one side views the other side as um, disrespectful and, and not belonging in their, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like their, their, the worldview with that should be considered like Russ is just an asshole, man. And people are assholes to Russ. So he becomes more of an asshole. It's like a defense mechanism. It's, it feels like because mm-hmm. the truth is fucking hard sometimes. Uh, and it's either like you can't handle, you know, processing that truth and what that means to your rest of your career, your legacy, X, Y, Z, whatever, or you just don't accept it. And you keep taking, you know, the, the blue pill, I guess. Or the red pill. Yeah. I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors. Whatever. Let's take a break, Tim. <laughs> and we'll come back and not talk about Russell Westbrook unless you have something to finish with. No, no, no. That, that, that sounds good to me. It'll be fun to have him on the team next year. <laughs> Stretch and wave, Tom. Stretch and wave. Maybe. Hey, man. I don't know. We'll talk about it. That's a that's a the whole different discussion. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's take a quick break. We'll we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we are back in. Uh, we're going to close this spot out fairly soon here, but Tim, I guess I just wanted to ask um, what what can we take away from this season and build toward? I kind of asked you this last pod, but you know, Anthony Davis is getting a year older. He's getting to that point in his career where, you know, these, these ankle turns are going to last a little bit longer and they're going to linger. Um, you might actually see him change as a player and become less active as a result, because, you know, a lot of times when he's getting hurt, he's, making these highly athletic plays, these acrobatic, a lot of jumping and, you know, bending his, his lower body, his upper body and falling might just see less of that as player ages. Um, so there is just natural built-in regression from the stars, right? Just based on aging, mix in a new coach, a couple of returning role players. How can this team build any kind of culture into next year, you think, or any kind of, positive momentum going forward. I think it starts with removing the negative influences and those exist at several tiers within the organization on court or off court, bringing in people who understand how to elevate what they're working with because this team won't suddenly have a lot more draft picks. They won't suddenly have a bunch of cap room to spend like the the next Lakers team is going to be in a tough position where they don't have a bunch of quality depth, just as this one didn't. Now, hopefully the pieces picked make more sense. They fit together. They perform better. They aren't out for the whole year uh, or, or, you know, things of that nature. But we're still going to need to see a staff that can elevate that performance. So we need to, while understanding that LeBron and AD will continue to age, they're still what you need to be working around. And I think you need to make an active decision as to what you're trying, what your, what is your goal? Is your goal a title or is your goal to be an okay team? Because if you're looking to win the title, I think you construct a little bit differently. And I think it's kind of like in fantasy football where like you, you build in some variants, you're looking for the upside. Um, Cause finishing third or fourth doesn't really mean anything in fantasy football. It's, I'd rather be last place. Than, than finish fourth. It, like I'd rather take more risks and, and raise my upside of being first than play it safe and build to be you know resilient if my stars get injured just to you know be not bad. Um, I think they need to find pieces that fit with AD and LeBron being AD and LeBron and playing together. And if they're out for substantial portions of the year, given the the capital you have to build this roster you have to just understand that the season's probably over at that point like i i think you need to you know if you need to bet on them having a good healthy season and then not waste time building for them to not have a healthy season i think if we had exactly. a, if we had, uh, th there is a different scenario of those two players with this team with different money available, different trade assets available, all those different things where you you go the op other direction and you you try to build in some resiliency. But at this point, you really need to go all out because this is the last year of the title window if it's still open. And, uh, you know, assuming they're healthy, they were healthy 2019, 2020, and, and it worked out. Mm -hmm. But you need to have everyone you're bringing together fully aligned to making the most of this team, assuming they're healthy rather than, you know, raising your floor. You really need to raise the ceiling and that, that takes a cohesive, like aligned strategy. No, oh, I'm with you. It's, can we just accept as a team building function? If LeBron James or Anthony Davis gets hurt, it's over. There's no, this guy fixes yeah. our problems if, and when no, that's game over. So build what you can mm -hmm. build when, if, when, and if they're there to be as good as it can be, because that's the ceiling. And the, you know, the other things we are talking about is, is the floor and raising the floor has really never won a team a championship. Mm -hmm. 
So, and, and, and that's not to say that like having guys who can help pick up the slack, like having the, the players available for that next man up, isn't right. I'm not saying that's not good for this team with this situation. You don't have enough assets. You don't have enough capital to be able to both play for the ceiling and for you have to pick one. And it's going to take realizing that and then deciding like, you know, we're going for it. And if it doesn't work, it's going to be because we're not healthy. Yeah. And living with it. So, I mean, uh, personally, what I'd like to see for the last few games, you know, there's only a handful of games left. I think they'd have to go like five and oh, and the Spurs would have to win like to go like two and five or something, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's not happening. It's, it's a very, very small chance. I think I saw it's an 11% chance. Yeah. They need to pick up two games on the Spurs and both teams have some common opponents. And when you kind of like cross those out, it comes down to the Lakers get the Suns who are one seed and a death star. The, uh, the Nuggets who are playing, you know, six seed have the MVP and then a tanking OKC team. The Spurs have a tanking Portland team. And then they have to play Dallas, who's like the four seed and not as good as the Suns. And then Minnesota, who's good, but not as good as Denver. So like the Lakers certainly have the harder set of opponents and they just need to play much better now just for the opportunity to need to go 2-0 just for the opportunity to play the best team in the NBA in the Western Conference this year by a substantial portion. So for me, I'm like, well, you know what I'm doing, Tim? I am only going to play players who I would like to see, or there's a potential to see back next season. So LeBron, AD, Reeves, Johnson, Gabriel, Monk. Um, I think you could throw Mello in there. I wouldn't say he's totally out for next season. It definitely needs to be under the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'd even play Augustine over You're Westbrook. You're the better players anyway. Like, <laughs> I, 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 so give me no Russ. I, I don't want Dwight. What I, do you think about THC? I think you have to play him. Okay. Um, and, and try to, I mean, it's only a few games, but try to say, you know what? Like, what, what do you want to play like THT? We'll throw you in how you want to be and how you think you should be. You know, players always think like, oh, if only I could do this, I'd be this much better. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever you want to do, man. You want to be the lead ball handler, you know, like here's 15 minutes of that for the next five games. Go crazy. Let's see what you can do. They're not going to do this, though. No, the, the, the staff's going to be gone. The, 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 yeah, the staff does, doesn't care about building for next year. No, absolutely not. But this is yeah. just, at least for me, something that would build toward, you know, future the greater good. And this is why you fire a coach when you are not going to bring him back because he does not give a shit about what you want to do after he's gone. They, they shouldn't either. They're there to, you know, do their job to the best of their ability to keep Mm -hmm. their employment. Now Frank's going to get paid because you know, he got the extension. He's fine. He's, you know what I mean? I never like talking about guys losing their job, but he, at the end of the day, he's going to be fine. He's got, he gets paid a lot of money. He's going to get another job. He's going to get another job. He is a championship winning coach. Whether or not people give him credit for that fully is, is irrelevant. That's on the resume. And he does have, you know, noted strengths and noted weaknesses and smart basketball heads can fit that in to it's, you know, a team of coaches that can supplement him and Mm -hmm. vice versa. So for me, it's just like, get healthy or, you know, don't, don't break a leg. Don't, you know, tear an ACL. Don't go crazy and just play with some pride, man, because that's, uh, that's something that's been sorely lacking this year, but there's not, there's not else the time that we can look forward to in these last few games. It's kind of like go out back and put her down old yeller, man. Yeah, I don't, there's nothing really from my perspective to really build for and how the players are used because I don't think they're going to try anything brand new. And we already know how the players are better used and what we shouldn't be doing with them. And the staff's going to be gone anyway. So I'm not looking for them to realize anything. If we can get, I don't know, 
to your point, like if we can see THT used well for THT and, and that sparks something, like, okay. I don't know. I, I, I think it's late enough in the year that in your, your, you're only a game back on the Spurs. Like you have tough games in front of you, but if you're only one game back, it's not like they need to go five and zero, oh and the Spurs need to go on five. No, but they lost the tiebreaker. So they're, two yeah. Games so they're back. really two. Yeah. Yeah. They're really two back. I think it's, they're not going to do what you're saying. I don't, I think if I were them, I can't imagine being them right now, but I'd be trying to win these games and I'd be throwing out my best punches, but I still think that includes a lot of the guys you're talking about. I still think that's LeBron. It like, honestly, I like, if you're gone and Russ has not been positive, sit him. Let's see what happens. But yeah, sit there's, Russ. there's like five games left. Sit Russ, sit Bradley, sit Dwight. We're playing an eight man. You put an eight man lineup recently with like a couple minutes of Gabriel play. 80 LeBron Monk Augustine Johnson Gabriel Reeves and THT T I guess THT there's your there's your eight go make something happen with that, those eight guys see what see what you can do with LeBron plus 80 plus connector pieces just try something because what yeah just just try get get weird you have to the only like the thing is, at this point in the year, you need to start like getting radical. You need to start like you're throwing Hail Marys at this point because you can't do what you're doing and expect it. Like maybe there's a small chance it works and you get into the plan. There's no chance that it's going to lead to real playoff success. You need to find something crazy now. <laughs> and the easiest way to do that is to take out the guys who have been like active negatives and are hurting your best player's ability to perform. So you've got AD back. You don't need Russ to have the ball in his hands all day long and be doing Russ things. Replace him with, with Augustine and Reeves minutes and, and some THT minutes. I'm sympathetic to sitting THT potentially. I just don't know that this team has great depth. Um, I don't know. Get weird. Try something out. If it works, it's interesting. And maybe you can make a run. If it doesn't work, it wasn't going to work anyway. And we can at least look at something different. If they bench Russell Westbrook and they go like five and zero. Oh, I think we might set crypto.com on fire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be something? That'd be interesting. I'm not that condoning be... or not supporting arson. Oh yeah. No, there's not, actual. you know, people out there do not, do not do this. I'm yeah. saying it's a metaphor for our season. We are like, God, yeah. Yeah, no, sit, sit, Russ. Let's see what happens. Do whatever you want, Frank. Happen. Honestly, you, Frank, what are we going to do? Fire home. you? Yeah, just tell him to stay home. Yeah, come on, Frank. Become ungovernable. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, do literally do anything. 80 is the point guard now. They were running They were running him in ball screens. Like, I don't know. Do something crazy. Let Give Fizz the keys back. I think... Vogel freaking took the keys back again. He was running Vogel plays against the Pelicans. I, I can't believe it. Every time the team's like backs against the wall, he like reasserts control and takes people out of their jobs. It seems like um, it aggravates me. I don't know. Get weird. Run some funky lineups. Let Fizdale do crazy things with the offense. Let's have some fun. I want to have some fun. Tom. I haven't, when was the last time you had fun with this team? They haven't won like two games in a row in uh, I don't know how long. Four months probably. Jeez. <laughs> I think they're like four and 15 since the also break or something. Oh my Lord. Wait, let me find it. When was the last time they won two in a row? Uh, let's see. Loss, 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 loss. Isolated win, isolated win. The last two. Wow, this is this is a long. Okay. They won four games in a row. <laughs> December 31st to January 7th. <laughs> oh my God. They beat yeah, Portland, four. Minnesota, Sacramento, and the Hawks. So three months, whatever. Was that the Hawks game I'm thinking of where the Lakers hit a bunch of threes? And... No, they lost that game. That Hawks game was in Atlanta. I'm trying to think. I watched one of these games driving to Texas from a hotel. And I think it was this game. Yeah, they put up a ridiculous amount of points. 
This might have been it. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> it's been almost a calendar year. Oh man. Well, not not really, but the very beginning of this year. That's crazy. So that's bananas. It's not great. Um, this team showed us early on with some of those OKC losses mm-hmm. who they who they were, and uh, you know we chalked it up at the time to just really bad timing or you know situational stuff no this is who they are they've been bad the thing is they had time to stop doing what they were doing and fix it and they they didn't take advantage of that and for periods of time they did kind of improve what they were doing and then stop so i don't blame us for having hope or pointing out the good things and hoping they'd build on them but didn't happen i was thinking back to our bold predictions pod do you remember that oh lord ad defensive player of the year uh uh kent Bazemore, like fourth in minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i had rondo at a thousand minutes which he almost oh, got uh, before he got traded really oh interesting yeah. okay he had like 600 minutes or something which is stupid mm-hmm. um i had mellow averaging 13 points a game which i think he is uh, let's see. He is at 13.3. Bold. Yeah. I'm so smart. I don't remember any. Yeah, let's point that one out. I don't remember any <laughs> of the other ones. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Tim, I think this is probably going to be our last pod uh, before the season ends. I mean, well, I don't know. We'll probably well, pod on. again next week. Uh, the last game of the year for them is the 10th of April. So... That's eight days from now. So yeah, I think we'll have to like we're contractually I mean, obligated to do another podcast. Before but we then. could we could we could pot about <laughs> winning time next week if we yeah if, that's true that's true if the fans prefer uh, this uh, that pod to these sad boy pods. Yeah, I I don't want to like yeah because we need to just like buy a little time before we start digging into like free agents or like yeah new coach options. But that's also coming, and that'll be much more fun than this. I, think I mean, most, I know you're going to be... Most of our recent pods are like sad, sad, sad. Oh, hey, the Lakers look really good for two days. Yeah. Sad, no, sad, sad, sad. sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you're going to be watching playoff basketball. I always watch playoff basketball. If the fans want, if are still interested, we could always talk about, you know, the playoff matchups, lessons learned from teams succeeding and teams mm-hmm. that are projected to you know, go forward. Um, I think there's going to be some really interesting tactical matchups coming, especially in the East. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're down, I'm always down, you know, we love hoop. So we could talk about that. Obviously we're going to talk Lakers off season and whatever mm-hmm. news or, you know, little tidbits that come out after the season's officially over exit interviews, all that stuff will be on the table. Yeah. Should we publicly talk about the leak? The leak? At at some point, let's publicly talk about the leak. The leak? The leak. Which leak? The let me grab a piece of paper. Oh, oh, this is crypto cryptic. I'm writing this in like pink sharpie. Ah, on in pink Sharpie on a piece of toilet paper that I've been using as Kleenex. That's too much information, Tim. (laughs) Uh, We can talk about the leak um, soon when it's more relevant, I suppose. When it's more relevant. Yeah, no, no, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait. Because I don't know. It could be interesting information that like import strategic you know info is just accepts accessible to other basketball teams right it's like you say the leak like there's not gonna be 25 leaks from 18 different people this offseason pointing fingers in different directions mm-hmm. that'll be fun to sort through as well yeah i can't wait to smell the bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is i mean more adversity the front office is gonna tell us who they are either they're gonna grow from this and get better or we're going to see a lot of finger pointing and it's going to be kind of we should expect similar things in the future yeah 
Well, I think that'll do it for today's pod, Tim. Um, Shoot us a five-star review if you want to get into our Discord. Any uh, podcast player of your choice, just send us a screenshot via DM. Um, Twitter, Instagram is a little bit slower, but we can try and get you in. Um, yeah, we got to find more cool stuff for some of our our patron tiers to, you know, maybe we all have a like a happy hour drinking party where we can just <laughs> just clear the air. Yeah, I think there's going to be a dance party when a certain thing gets announced by like Woj at some point um, where we like get the music room pumping and then we also talk on top of it for like a couple of hours. Wow. When a certain piece like of news drops. Therapeutic. Cathartic. It should be a lot of fun. It should be good. Um, yeah, it's it should be good. Yeah, so get in on there. Uh, we have a lot of fun in that group. And that's where if you're wanting to hear us talk about some of these topics that are like, no, no, we got to wait. Um, those conversations are already happening in, in the discord and people are already brainstorming trades and free agents and coaches and all kinds of stuff. So get on in there. I recorded a bonus podcast that is coming out today on some, uh, mailbag questions that that group had. We have an, our X's and O's session. So like, we'll, I don't know. The the pod's going to be, I think, like once a week moving forward over the off season. And if exciting things happen, maybe we can reconvene sooner. But during the Discord is where you get that like daily feed of of fun info. And it's not always from the two of us, but like us and the community. For sure. A lot of good stuff going on in there. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for friend to friend of the pod of Mike H for supporting us as an arena sponsor to Zach Harris, Q Daddio, and iPod Shuffle for living the high life with us in the owner's box. Um, and then also to the courtside and lower bowl, lower bowl crews. Um, you know, we got the different tiers of the stadium. You can right now you're listening and you're you're watching on TV, but you can get in the stadium and you get to see all the extra stuff. You get to see the 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 fight happening in the you know the one section is the games happening. You get the, you know someone else walking around with you know selling popcorn and beer. Like there are all kinds of you know I'm not really saying anything of of substance right now but there's stuff <laughs> happening in there that you're gonna want <laughs> you're gonna want it uh, so you know get on in there you can find a link to joining those different tiers at my twitter bio there's a link in there uh but like tom said send us a pic of the review and we'll get you in and and we can have some fun becoming ungovernable together i love it all right guys we'll talk to y'all later Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.